There was a uh, young boy about eight years old. He goes into the grocery store and he buys this big box of laundry detergent. He's trying to get it off the shelf and there's a guy that sees him there that works there. And, uh, he tries to help him so he gets that, that laundry uh, box and he's, he's carrying it for him. He said, what are you getting this for? And he said, I'm gonna wash my dog. He said, well, I don't believe you need to use laundry detergent to wash your dog, so that may make him sick, and it might even kill him. He said, nope, I'm going to wash my dog with it. So he, he gets it, and he gives it to him. He comes on out with his mom there and gets in the car, and they go home. A couple weeks later, the little boy's back in the grocery store, and he's buying some candy. So the grocer asked him, so how's your dog? boy starts crying. He said, my dog's sick, really sick. And the guy wanted to say, I told you so, but he seen that the boy was upset, and he said, he said, I am sorry. He said, I'm sorry if that laundry detergent made him sick, but I did try to tell you, and he said, I don't believe it was a laundry detergent made him sick. I believe it was a spin cycle that made him sick. So <laughs> some people we just can't tell anything to, can you? <laughs> some, some people are stubborn. Some people are just... They get their mind set on what they want to do, and they won't listen to you, they won't listen to me, they won't listen to anybody. And there's people in the world that won't even listen to God. They're so stubborn, they're so rebellious, they won't even listen to God when God tries to help them, tries to teach them, tries to encourage them, they still will not listen. Uh, that's pretty much the situation that we're going to discover here tonight in the text that we're going to study from Jeremiah 44. But we're going to look at Jeremiah where Jeremiah warns the people that God is upset with their behavior. And I want you to notice how they respond. Jeremiah 44 and verse 16 says, As for the word that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we will not listen to you. Now can you imagine that? Can you imagine saying something like that? They've made up their minds. They like what they're doing. And they have no intention of stopping for Jeremiah, for any other prophet, doesn't matter who it is, or from God. They're not going to stop doing what they're doing. Now, a little bit of background on this. We, we know that uh, they've been in, in Egypt for a while, it appears, and they've, they've forgotten the lessons they learned from God's punishments of their nation well, they forgot the destruction. They forgot all the, the, the heartache and the pain and the desolation that has come. If you would, Titus, pull up uh, chapter uh, 44 and probably verse 2, maybe, for me. I know I told you I was going to throw you an audible. I want, to know, I want you to notice what God begins saying here. He's telling this to Jeremiah. He said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, you have seen all the calamity that I have brought on Jerusalem and on all the cities of Judah, and behold, this day they are uh, desolation, and no one dwells in them. He says, because of their wickedness, which they have committed to provoke me to anger, and that they went to burn incense and to serve other gods whom they did not know, they nor you nor your fathers. He says, however, I've sent to you all my servants, the prophets, Rising early and sending them, saying, Oh, do not do this abominable thing that I hate. See, God's beginning to tell them here. He says, here's what's going to happen. He's telling them, just like He's always told individuals, if you're doing something wrong, repent, or there's going to be consequences. 
Repent or something's going to happen. That's what we talked about this morning. It's plain and simple. Luke 13 and 3, verse 5 also. Repent or perish. That's what God is telling them. But they don't want to accept it. They said, we're not going to listen to you. God even tells them further in that chapter. He tells them, here's what's going to happen. You're, nothing's going to be left. You're going to be destroyed. I'm going to destroy you. It's not that you're just going to do this for a little while or suffer this person for a little while. This is what's going to happen to you. Remember, you, you've got, a, got the group that went into uh, Babylonian captivity. You've got that remnant that run off to Egypt there. You, they're not trusting in God anyway. They're getting into all of these idols. They started mingling all these things. And what happened? They're disobeying God. So God tells them through Jeremiah, here's what's going to happen. And they say, we're not going to do it. They flat out just said, we're not going to do it. Now... God's upset with them for what they're doing. They had no intention of changing their behavior. Uh, and what they're doing, God's not liking. But what is it exactly that they're doing? Well, what they're doing, they are mingling. Uh, they're mingling together different religions. They've, they've got these idols. They're, 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 they're worshiping. They're burning incense to their, uh, their heavenly queen, as they call it. They're, they're mingling with all this pagan worship. I think they're still, in, in some instances, working in God, but not the way that God says. They're mingling all these religions. They almost like they've got an insurance policy, like a house insurance policy. If one God's good and serving Him, then these others must be better. It's extra policy for us. We, we can just have all the benefits of it. But we're not going to do what you said to do. You don't like what we're doing. You know what they're telling God? Tough. It doesn't matter. We like what we're doing. This is pleasurable to us what we're doing. We, we like these things and we're not going to change. It doesn't matter if you sin, Jeremiah. It doesn't matter what prophet you're sending. That's what God said. I've sent these prophets and you didn't listen. And now it's time to pay up. Now it's time to pay the price. Um, when you see all this that's going on, and you see what they're trying to mingle, notice their excuse here. Look at beginning at verse 17. It says, But we will certainly do what has gone out of our mouth. They said, This is what we're going to do. Here's the reason we're going to keep doing it. Here's the reason we're not going to follow you, God. Notice. But we will certainly do whatever has gone out of our mouth to burn incense to the queen of heaven, pour out drink offerings to her. As we have done, we uh, and our fathers, our kings and our princes, in the cities of Judah, in the streets of uh, uh, Jerusalem, for then we had plenty of food, were well off, saw no trouble. But since we stopped burning incense to the queen of heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have lacked everything and have been consumed by the sword and by famine. Do you realize what they're saying here? They're, they're using uh, uh, all of this as this, this idea of we, we've got it pretty good here. And I think Christians today sometimes do the same thing. You know, I think I had it better when I was in the bondage of sin. I think things were going better for me. I had more. I was doing more. I had more fun. Life seemed to be a whole lot better since I've become a Christian. Look at all these things I'm having to go through. Look at all these trials that I'm facing. The Christian life is supposed to make my life better, but it seems like it's making it worse. Is it really? 
Or have you just not gave up the things that, that God said that we're supposed to give up to live this abundant life that He wants us to live that He said He came to give us? But sometimes I think we think the same thing. But as they go through this, you've got to understand... This is, you know, we may look at it and say, well, what's the big idea? It's no big deal. They're burning incense to some things here. They're, they're, they're participating in all these things over here. What's the big deal that they're doing these things and trying to mingle these things together? Well, it is a pretty big deal. Because remember what God is doing with this nation. But go back with me in the New Testament for just a moment or go with me. In John chapter 4 and verse 22. Remember when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well? Remember what he says to her, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Now what did Jesus mean when he said that? Well, he meant that God's plan for salvation of the world, it centered around, in the beginning, the Jewish nation. He was building that nation. And he was building that nation to trust in him. That's why these trials that came upon them, that's one of the things in which they faced. They needed to know they had to trust God. Even going into Babylonian captivity, they had to trust God. That was part of this plan. But these group, this group didn't do it. So as he's building this nation coming up to, to bring the Messiah through, God has a purpose for them. They're just not trusting it. They're just not seeing it. And they're not willing to accept it anymore. They don't want to be a part of it anymore. Notice what Paul wrote in Romans 9, beginning at verse 4. He says, Who are Israelites to whom pertain the adoption... Um, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternal blessed God. Amen. The nation of Judah here is, is a, a linchpin, if you will, in, in God's plan for salvation of mankind. You know, God is... Now, this isn't plan B. God just isn't, isn't saying through all of this... Well, I didn't expect them to do this, or I didn't expect them to do that. God's got this plan through it. They just don't want to be a part of it. God's still going to carry out His plan. These individuals are going to suffer because of it. We're going to suffer if we're not part of the plan in which God had for us, which is the same, is always to bring us to Him. His plan's always been the same. But these people are just outright saying, we're not going to do it. Well, as I said, what happened to them in that day is the same things that happen to people today. I think today, individuals, I think that's why you see so much religious groups out there today. That's even why sometimes when you walk in a building that has Church of Christ on it, sometimes you still don't know what you're going to see. You still don't know what you're going to participate in. And it's a shame. It should be the same, shouldn't it? Because we have the same Bible. We follow the same uh, uh, pattern. It's like I told a gentleman one time. Uh, he was up, and I'm not going to give him credit and say he was up preaching. He was up saying some things. I'll, I'll say that at this youth rally. And uh, afterwards, I asked him, I said, you know, when you gave the invitation, you just told individuals take care of it at their seat. I said, what if somebody needs to repent publicly? What if somebody needs to be baptized? What if somebody needs the prayers publicly for some help or encouragement? Could they take care of that at their seat? You had a lot of impressionable minds there. Why did you leave that open like that? And he said, well, you, you're one of those legalists. Well, you call it what you want to. You know, it, it's still the same Bible. 
You know, he said, well, we do things different where I'm from. Same Bible. How do you do something different? How do you follow God differently? You follow God the same way he says to do it. But yet that's what people think today. That's how people do it, little by little. Sometimes I don't think it happens overnight. I don't think somebody just makes a decision, I'm not going to serve God anymore. I'm not going to do what he says. I don't think we, we come to that decision just right away. Maybe some people do. I think it's over time. I think it's over a period of time, little by little, when, uh, you know, we talked about this in the book of Judges, when uh, uh, they come in and they didn't drive out all the people like God said to do in conquering the land, what happened? They started mingling with them and they started taking on the ways in which they worshipped. See, that's what happens. When God said, this is why I'm doing it, He's got a reason for us to do it that way. And if we change it, then it's not going to work out for us like it's supposed to. God's still going to have it work out. It's just not going to work out for us. But you've got a group of individuals here again that's trying to mingle these things together. You've got uh, groups of individuals today that, that try to put everything all in one bundle and say, okay, we're just going to have a, a community worship where pretty much believe whatever you want to believe, do it ever how you want to do it. You know, we just, I had, there was a group one time, uh, I actually got a call about it, wanted to know if we wanted to participate in it. This has been years ago. They were going to get every uh, religion they could think of in the area to come to worship together just to think about the things they had in common, and then they were going to worship like all of them worshiped. Okay, think about that. The thought of that is maybe okay. Okay, we're going to try to bring people together. But how do you worship like everybody else wants to worship? You know why? You can't do it. You can only worship the way that God says to worship. And worship right. Or it's will worship, isn't it? So see, you, when you get these things together, and that sounds narrow-minded. That, that sounds harsh. But you've got individuals here, God says, I'm going to wipe you out because you're not following me. You don't think that's serious to God? When God says, here's how I want you to do this. Here's how I want you to be. And if you don't do it this way, here's the consequence. And that's where these people would come. They'd already heard Jeremiah prophesy before. They already heard what he said about the coming destruction of Jerusalem there. They seen what happened, but now they've just forgot about it. I don't care. I don't care that that's happened. We're still not going to do it. And here's why. They give their reasons why. And, and it's no different than the reasons uh, that individuals give today. Now, as we look at this, uh, again, we may look at it and we may say, well, uh, it, it, it's, it's funny. Why would people do things like that? How, how do people get to that point? I don't know if I have an answer for it. Sometimes I wonder how I get where I am sometimes. I think, you know, at one time I was here, now I'm thinking this way. How, how did I get here? Did I get here because I, I guided myself? Did I get here because I followed God and this is where God had gotten me, has, has uh, led me to? We have to ask ourselves those serious questions about why we are doing the things in which we're doing. And sometimes uh, we might get to the point where we say we don't want to listen to God. We want our own kind of worship. Now, again, why would anybody tell God I don't like the way uh, that you said it? Why would, why would somebody want to say, I, I don't want to do it uh, that way? Well, God even said that people would get to that point, did he? As Caden read just a few moments ago in 2 Timothy, 
chapter uh, 4, beginning at verse 1. He said, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at my appearing in His kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Does that sound familiar? What does he say? People, what they're going to do. He was telling Timothy, Paul was telling Timothy there, he said, you preach the word. No matter what's going on around, you still teach it. You, you still do what you're supposed to do. You fulfill your work as an evangelist. You, you fulfill the ministry. Why? There's people who don't want to hear it. And what they're going to do, if they don't want to hear what you say, they're going to rise up somebody that's going to say what they want to hear. They're going to rise up people that's going to tickle their ears because they have itching ears. They don't like what you're saying. But again, it's, it's like God told Samuel. They're, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. They're rejecting the message. They're telling God, I don't like the message, so we'll create our own message. We'll create our own version of it. And that's exactly what these individuals uh, here are doing. But let's go back to verse 17 and look again why they said they're doing this. And I think we may see some of these excuses like we use today. They said, but we will certainly do what has gone out of our mouth to burn incense to the queen of heaven, pour out drink offerings to her as we have done, we and our fathers, our kings and our princes, in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, for then we had plenty of food, were well off, and saw no trouble. So you notice what they're saying. They were offering, now notice, they were offering incense to this queen of heaven, and what they were doing, they were participating in some of these uh, some of these were referred to as uh, fertility goddesses. They were participating in all kinds of sexual immorality. There was all kinds of things, pleasurable things going on in this. This is what was drawing them to that. They'd become a part of that. and They were trying to intertwine this into everything. And they said, this is the reason we're, going, we're doing this. They said, we've always done it that way. Because they said, this is what we did when we were in Judah. Their families have always done it that way. They said, just as our fathers did. People in authority over them have always done it that way. They said their kings and their princes uh, uh, did it, and their officials did it that way. They figured it worked and don't mess with success. They said they had plenty then. They had plenty of food. They didn't suffer, so it worked. Why mess with it if it worked? This is their reasoning for doing that, they, they laid it out and they said, we're not going to listen to you, God, because we always done it this way. People in authority have done it this way, so we're going to do it this way. We had plenty. Food was good. Everything was good. Our fathers did it this way. That generation did it. So you know what? We're going to do it this way. And we're not going to stop. It doesn't matter how many prophets you send to us. We're still not going to do that. Now, essentially, they were saying they weren't going to listen, again, because their family did it that way, their friends do it that way. That's what we hear today, isn't it? You start talking to someone about, okay, why do you worship that way? Why do you go to that particular place that you go to? Why do you do the things in which you do? Well, uh, this is how I brought up. My family's always done it that way. Is that any reason to do it? 
That seems like a pretty big reason sometimes to us. You, you got family traditions. Your family goes there. There's a lot of emotions that's tied to things. But the only reason is because the family's done it that way. Not that God said to do it that way, but their family had done it that way. Then they may say, well, the, the church I go to, that's the way they've always done it, and I trust them. I, I, I trust this particular church, and, and, and we've always gone there. It's always done it that way. Uh, my grandfather gave the land for that church, so, so I'm going to stick with whatever it is that they're doing. You know, when you have it like this, you, you look at it and say, well, all these leaders did it that way. People that I respected did it that way. And you know what? We had it pretty good. We didn't have any problems. You're the only problem. We didn't have any problems till you brought it to my attention and said it's a problem. Why would I listen to you? You ever been faced with something like that? How much do you think God is faced with that? They're telling God this. They're telling God, we've got a plan. We don't want to follow your plan. We know how we're going to do it. We're not going to follow how you do it. We don't want any part of that anymore. I'm telling you, we're, we're, we're putting our, 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 our soul at stake. We're, they're saying here, we think you're wrong, Jeremiah, because this is how we've always seen God, so we're not changing. But you know what Jeremiah said to this? Jeremiah said, but God said... I mean, think about that. That was Jeremiah's answer. You, you, you can say all, you can use all the excuses you want, but God said this. And that should change everything, shouldn't it? That's what David used to do at our house. He'd come down and he'd tell Mama the girls wouldn't be doing what he wanted them to do. You know what he always said? Can you tell them Mama said? Go up and tell them Mama said. Why? Because that meant Mama said do it. That's the way they got to do it. That's the way it is here. Jeremiah saying, Mama said. Mama said, do it this way. You know, that, here, here's what God said. God said this. He showed me this. And there's evidence that God means what He says. Look at all the destruction before. Look at all the destruction that I warned and I prophesied before that took place. You remember that? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to them. How does a person get to that point where they can see what's going to happen but refuse to change. And God is only saying here what He's always said, repent. If you repent, here, here's what's going to happen. But if you don't, not going to be a single one of you left. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that, that cup of wrath getting so full that God says that to you? Now see, we don't think we're there. I don't think really these people really thought that they were there. Uh, we've got to realize, despite, in spite of, it really doesn't matter, as hard emotionally as it is, it really doesn't matter if you've always done it that way. It really doesn't matter if people that you respected and leaders that you've respected have done it that way. It really doesn't matter if in your mind you think you were better off and that you are better off that way. You remember when they first come out of Egypt, when God first brought them out, taking them to the promised land, they said, oh, we remember the melons in Egypt. We remember all the good food. That's what they were thinking there. And that kind of skewed their thinking. They forgot about the taskmasters. They forgot about the bricks, the mortar they had to make with not even the resources to make it. 
They forgot about how hard it was. They were just thinking about how great it was because they'd come up against a challenge. What these people are thinking, as long as I go along with everybody else, as long as I do what everybody else is doing, my life won't be so hard. My life would be better. But let me tell you something. It may be better at times here on this earth, but it'd be a whole lot worse in eternity. And I believe that lasts a lot longer, don't it? And God is trying to tell them that here. God is trying to tell them that if you would just follow me, if you would just stick to the plan. And we, we try to do this as, as, you know, as, as a congregation. We try to say we're going to speak where the Bible speaks. We're going to be silent where the Bible is silent. There's no other creed but the Bible. There's no other thing we're going to do. But we've got to be careful that little things doesn't just creep in. That we don't let the things of the world just kind of creep in. And then before you know it, step by step. I tell you, that's why we need to be praying for our leadership in this congregation every single day. Because they don't only look at what's going on now. They don't only look about how, how things were then and, and, and where we're at in the present. They have to look, where is it going to be in the future? These things that we're doing now, is that going to lead us closer to God? Is it going to keep us the same? Or is it going to lead us away from God? And it's very easy to take the path that leads away and you don't even realize it. Because sometimes all we can see is just what's right in front of us. God sees the whole picture. And that's, that's why it's so wonderful to have a God like that. He tells us the whole picture. He says, here's how people are going to be. That's why preaching the truth is so important. That's why staying with the truth is so important. That's why there's just the truth. That's why Jews said, contend earnestly for the truth. Because there's going to be people who don't want to hear it. But just because I don't want to hear it, I don't want to obey it, it doesn't change that it's so. It's still the same. So I can stand before God on the day of judgment and I may say just you know, what they say. Can you imagine that? Say, God, I don't care. I don't care. I lived the way that I wanted to live. I did what I wanted to do. I'm not listening to you. You can say, depart from me. I never knew you. all you want to. doesn't matter to me. Can you imagine that? Who in their right mind would actually do that? But sometimes we do it every day by our actions if we're rebelling against him. So here you have a group of individuals that did that very thing. So what we have to ask ourselves, am I the same way? I may not say it in those words, but it may be in my actions the same way. Yeah, there may be things that go right in this world. There may be plenty in this world for a lot of things but you won't find a more abundant life in service to God Jesus promised that that because what comes our way we've got a helper we before we started our lesson matter of fact twice Jerry prayed and I prayed for we started here for those that are sick that's a spiritual blessing we have in Christ that's the help that we have that's the encouragement that we have that that's the knowledge that we have what better thing could you have when you face these things? So how could we turn our back on God? So let's take this example. And I, God is gracious that he records these things for us. That we can see how people serve him and how people rebel. We see how he rewards and how he punishes. Because that's what free will is. We have a choice. What will we choose tonight?
If you're here and you never obeyed the gospel, you have the opportunity to tonight. You have an opportunity to say to God, I believe what you said. I, I, I believe that you are true. I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you sent your son to die for me. I believe he shed his blood that I may have a cleansing of my sins through my obedience to you. By repenting of my sins, confessing that Jesus is the Son of God, being baptized for the remission of those sins, and rise to walk in newness of life, serving you, not rebellion, but serving you, and following you to the very best of my ability. Will we always do it perfectly? No. Will we sin? Absolutely. But all God ever says, repent and come back to me and I'll forgive you. That's what he was telling this people. Repent. If you change, if you come back, here's what will happen. 